back from the holidays um uh i no one got arrested uh we didn't delete the population we didn't add to, well i added to the population all right so um i gotta say this he yells what are you gonna do as he jerks off on you mr rob fortune how's it going jomo uh you know it's it's been a good week it's been an interesting week i've been trying to sing along to the lyrics uh We'll get more into that, though, later. You know, it is what it is. Um, but I got to introduce this great man. He never pays for pee, Mr. Jeff El Jefe. I, I'm happy to be here. I hope to be uh, a little bit more useful to this podcast than the very unuseful intros on all of these records that we had to listen to this week. Yes. Not a single intro yes. had anything to do with anything. Yes. But I loved it. Yes. They're, they're, they're more useless than uh, Puff Daddy's uh, clothing album, uh, clothing oh. line, Sean John. So uh, I don't think anyone bought anything from there. Uh, but let's just, add, let's just say this. Lord knows he wants some dick. Mr. Jack Falcon. Bro. Hey, that was crispy. That was good. This crispy. Yeah, that was the same Adams. Look at this. What is this called? It's all backwards. Wicked Hazy. Wicked Hazy. That's uh, it's wicked that's, shitty. Is I was gonna say that. Where's, where's Boston Mike? Uh, I want to know what he thinks about Bo- it. Boston Mike's drinking a fucking polar kid, and uh, I'm about to go <laughs> okay. to CVS and get a quick, and maybe get, do some heroin in Beverly or something. I don't know. Uh, who knows, kid? Okay. Who who fucking knows? Yo, Jomo, why did you say pay for pee? Does does that does that where it gets you banned on Twitch? No, that is a song, dude. Every so all the no, I know that, but the, the the song is the full word, isn't it? No, it's pay for pee, right? I don't think so, bro. You've been listening to fucking the edited version. Yeah, I've been listening uh, to the fucking edited version. <laughs> you have, yeah, oh. no, that song is called Pay for Pussy on oh. on Spotify. It's pay for pee. It's pay for. Oh, pee. okay. Yeah, he's a he's an adult now. He 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 he's he's got. <laughs> Like a, a child, he has I, to like be edited. Listen, I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> he has the Walmart versions. Je- Jeff, Je- no, it's not the Walmart. Jeff is right. You know, I I got a fucking fuck trophy now, so I gotta. <laughs> I got a fuck trophy, so I gotta keep it clean around okay, here. Okay, so it is pay for pussy, but it's yeah. like anytime it's listed in the track trackings, it's pay for pee. I'm just gonna say that. Okay, where where all this shit? I, uh okay. So we we took some time off. Um, let's get back to debauchery. I got a good fuck Mary kill. I think I have a good fuck Mary kill. I got uh, Faith Evans, who at one time was married uh, to Notorious B.I.G. She then left him because he was getting some side home. You know, her her loss. All right. Uh, we have Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, she's that uh, daft cunt who is married to Will Smith, who cheated on him. And he stood with her. Well, he's a king. Will Smith is king of the simps. And <laughs> we have Martha Stewart. Who is a real felon? Let's go. Faith yep. Evans, Jada Pinkett, Martha Stewart, go. Yeah, I'm banging yeah. Martha Stewart for oh, sorry. I'm banging yeah. her for the story. Yeah, you- Here's the thing. I, I I actually respect Martha Stewart a lot. I talked about it before. Martha Stewart went to prison, I believe, for insider trading. And a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, it's this cushy prison, like she wasn't in like general population or whatever. But she still fucking went to prison. And she did her time, and she didn't rat anybody out. So she has balls, and I actually love Martha Stewart. Plus, she was great every time they bring her into South Park. Jada Pinkett Smith is dead because she is a crazy fucking bitch. And Faith Evans is hot. I'm going to marry her. 
right. Yeah, same same ans- same answers. Um fucking uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is uh toxic femininity. She's got to die. That's all. Oh. She is, yeah. She's I, toxic as fuck. The only thing I'm changing on yours is is, is I'm going to marry Martha Stewart. Th- think of the money, think of the yes. the the awesome time, and then I'm going to I'm going to bang Faith Evans and I'm going to I'm going to publicly kill fucking jada <laughs> in the uh you know how they put like people's arms and no. head in that thing no. so 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 what, I, what i'm thinking is i'm gonna throw her out a window like the fresh prince did in the fucking tv show just <laughs> over and over and over again mm. yeah so you were thinking like jomo you were thinking monetarily mm. yeah and this i'm actually and i'm also i'm also pretty sure that jada pinkett smith sings in a fucking metal band which is a true oh, fact yeah, yeah. but she's still garbage <laughs> yeah she's trash I, I can't get that thought out of my head. Okay, so who am I going to fuck? All right, I'm going to fuck Faith Evans. Uh, she was a single mom when she met Biggie, so single moms don't get mar- wifed up, okay? That's, that's a rule. That is a rule. You fuck single moms, you don't wife them up. Write that down, okay? <laughs> um, if anyone's offended by that, I'm sorry. It is what it is. Um, I'm going to marry Martha Stewart. I, me and Jeff, we're on the same wavelength right here. Um, she is a big baller shot caller and we could just get free sheets. My man, I sleep on 500 thread count. No less, no less than 500 thread count. And I'm going to kill Jada Pinkett Smith because she ruined, uh, she ruined the, the fresh Prince. She ruined. I am legend. Uh, she, she ruined the big guy and, um, she simped out her husband and, and, and by mm-hmm. the way, uh, if you're going, if you have alopecia, why don't you just wear a wig, bitch? Just wear a wig. That's all I got to say. We bla- can we blame the Wild West movie on her too? I blame the wi- <laughs> I blame the Wild West and the Holocaust on uh, Pinkett <laughs> okay. Smith. Oh, so we're, we're going all the way. Okay, we're going all the way. And this uh, this this episode is sponsored by Meatspin.com. Got to remind people, Meatspin.com. Get to 100 spins, and Amazon will send you automatically a $15 gift card. So yes, yes, and uh, we hope to be sponsored by Polar Polar Seltzer from Worcester, Mass. All right. What's up? What's up? Go, motherfucker! Oh, <laughs> let me spin the wheel. Let me spin the wheel, though. Oh, we're spinning <clears throat> the wheel. You well, what do you, did you guys want to do something in the specific order? No, but we didn't. We, we didn't even uh, introduce the uh, what what the topic is. Yeah. You know, oh, all right. So we got okay. Oh yeah. Sorry, week, sorry, sorry. He's sorry. way off this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jomo, open this up for us. Okay. So, what the fuck is, are we talking about? We're talking about history, people. Early '90s um, to mid '90s, there was a huge shock of culture between the east coast rap scene and the west coast rap scene i had some big names in there There, there's a lot of big names there's a lot of groups a lot of individual artists but people that stuck out to me were notorious big biggie smalls uh christopher wallace whatever you want to call him i know him as the fat man who's lizzo's uh binary star um you have This is going to get bad. This is going to get bad. Um, you have Tupac. Uh, Tupac Shakur. He was born a different name, but he was given that name. Uh, grew up a- a- around the country. Born in New York. Uh, moved to the West Coast. West Coast rap scene. He's such an influence, man. And he's nutted in a lot of stars. That's all I'm going to say about him. We have Puff Daddy, who is a fucking chicken hawk, who made some money and is valued at $1 billion. But was part of the East Coast, West Coast rap scene and was a producer at the time for Biggie Smalls as well as a shitty rapper. And we have the D-O-double jizzle, Snoop Dogg, doggy style, Calvin Brodus, Snoop Dogg. 
Thank you, Jomo. <clears throat> so Puffy, uh, I'm surprised. I didn't realize he he was worth that much. He he has four records out. That's all. I think his last one was like 2006. I was trying to get some of this cat hair off of my microphone thing, but there's three cats in this house, so that's impossible. Uh, so Puffy owned. Uh, so he originally was working on a record label where he got Notorious B.I.G. a deal. That record label he got fired from, and then he started Bad Boy Records, which is the big uh, East Coast record label. So I watched like three or four documentaries yesterday about this whole thing. So Jomo, tell us, who killed Tupac? Do you know? Dude, it, it, it had to be Suge Knight. He was collecting insurance. That's what I think happened. Um, either that, the, the, what the real answer should be is the true answer I think mm -hmm. Biggie either knew about it, knew who did it, or he collaborated with someone to get it done. I mean, it, it's hard to say, man. There was, there's a there's a big feud, big mix-up. Yeah, it, It's sad, but uh, two great artists died too young. And uh, that's what happens when you have felonies on the record. You know, you get shot at. So Tupac and Biggie were actually like very close friends for a while. <clears throat> and then one time uh, Puffy asked... Tupac to come and record with Biggie Smalls, I believe, on one of his songs. And when he walked into the recording studio, you know, it's like one that there's multiple floors in this recording studio. And as soon as he walked in, like three people walked up on him and shot him. And so he was saying that no one knew he was going to be there besides those two. So they set him up. Now, there isn't any proof of that or whatever. And when he was killed, I believe he was in Las Vegas. And he was going to see a Mike Tyson fight. And he was like shit talking everybody. Like he was going up to gangs, shit talking them. So I don't actually think in his murder that uh, it was related to Notorious B.I.G. I think he was just shit talking the wrong people and they fucking drove up and kill him. But some other people have said Suge Knight could have done it as well because he was in the car with them when he got shot. Anyway, that's it. Uh, let's spin the fucking wheel. So the choices today, four albums. Uh, Biggie's is Ready to Die from 1994. Uh, Tupac's is Me Against the World from 1995. Uh, Puff Daddy's is No Way Out from 1997. And then Snoop Dogg's is The Game is to be Sold, Not to be Told from 1998. So let's spin the wheel. Meat spin. Brought to you by meatspin.com. <laughs> uh, All right, it's, tu it's Tupac. Oh, shit. All eyes on me. Let me drop the artwork in the chat. Let me find this on my list. All right. Me Against the World is a 15-track record released in 1995, coming in, just, coming in at exactly 65 minutes long. It's Tupac's third studio album recorded at 10 different studios and released while he was in prison, reaching number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart and contains the singles Dear Mama, So Many Tears, and Temptations. It was reported that... Uh, Can You Get Away was, in was intended to be released as a second single with a music video directed by Shakur's longtime friend, Jada Pinkett, but So Many Tears was chosen instead. According to Tupac, Me Against the World was made to show the hip-hop audience his respect for the art form. Lyrically, he intentionally tried to make the album more personal and reflective than his previous efforts, drawing uh, lyrical inspiration from his impending prison sentence, Troubles with the Police and Poverty. This was widely attributed to Shakur's growing maturity and perhaps an effort to reconcile with his troubled past. Me Against the World features guest appearances from uh, Dramacidal and Richie Rich. At 1995's 38th Annual Grammy Awards, Dear Mama was nominated for Best Rap Solo Performance, but lost to whom, Jomo? You said 94? Uh, 1995. Okay, I, I, I want to say Juicy by Biggie? Uh, no, <laughs> lost to uh, Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Ugh! And Me Against the World was nominated for Best Rap Album, but lost to whom, Jomo? 
Oof. Uh, I, I'm lost for words. Send send it. Let me know. What's up? Lost to Naughty by Nature with Poverty's Paradise. <laughs> uh, me Against the World made Shakur the first artist to have a number one album while serving a prison sentence. Overtook And overtook uh, Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits as the best-selling album of the year. It has been certified <laughs> two times platinum. Rob, what do you think of this album? Um, so to, to back up a second, there's a show on Netflix called Unsolved. Uh, it's, it's about the Biggie and Tupac murders. And uh, there's a character, Keefe D, who um, ha- apparently in 2017, yep. there's footage of him uh, saying that he killed Tupac. Um, so if, if, uh, so th- there's a convincing case that it was him and that he was hired by uh, Puffy. Um, yeah, like, yeah, uh, Tupac was, uh, uh, you know, he was highly vigilant in picking fights with people because, uh, you know, if you, if you get caught up in a certain type of lifestyle, you can feel threats all around you. And uh, they were real in his case. Like, you know, he was fucking killed. So uh, he wasn't imagining shit. But yeah, um, this album, uh, Me Against the World, is going to be my third favorite this week. I have uh, issues with the production. Like, I don't like this. There's too many like key- cheesy keyboard sounds, and uh, yeah, like an insult, an unsolved. Uh, there's there's a scene where Tupac is talking to Biggie, and uh, Tupac is saying like, you got to make like plenty of like easy listening songs for the women, because that's where you're gonna make your money. And then yeah, make your like gangster hard songs in there too, so you get your 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 own nut in there. But uh, you, you, you like if you want to be successful, you have to make like uh, like easy listening stuff. And to me, uh, you know, w- while this is a somewhat fictionalized show or whatever, I feel like there's 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 a, plenty of easy listening stuff on this album. It's a little too much on that side. Too many cheesy keyboards. Too many, and that's a shame because I I think I feel like Tupac is my guy more than some of the other guys that we're, we listen to this week are. Like uh, there's a scene in Unsolved where biggie comes over and he's like dang what's up with all these books uh it's like uh so it's like nice. when, 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 we f- when we find out that uh tupac like quotes all these philosophers and like reads all these philosophers like i i fucking believe it like the dude is intelligent and i think he has the most 360 mature uh view of like gang lifestyle than the other guys i think the other guys are in it and uh are trying to survive and win at the game or whatever but i think like uh I think Tupac understands the intergenerational trauma. He says shit like, um, I want to have a kid so that I can see what I would be like if I didn't get corrupted. And he's, you know, he talks about like, um, you know, if, if you have potential, like become an, an accountant or a lawyer or something so you don't get fucking murdered young. Um, so like my heart breaks for this. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like he's my guy. Um, but too many easeless listening songs with too much fucking um, cheesy ass keyboard sounds. But that's a kind of a sign of its time. I, I'm going to say that about a couple of records we listen to. And that's it for now. So, yeah, there's a bunch of like female hooks on this record, which are like relaxing. I actually think it's a cool combination between like the gangster rapping and like the, the female chorus hooks. Um, yeah, there's a lot of positivity on this album about like messaging to y- younger black kids. Um, so, okay, th- you brought up Keefe D or whatever his name is. The reason that they say that his confession isn't good is because, so do you know how like the FBI will like set you up for bullshit? Like they'll go undercover and like buy drugs from you. They did yeah. this to him for like a year and then they're like, oh, we're the FBI or whatever. You're going to jail for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you could tell us, uh, anything, right. Give us like information about something. So he's like, okay, yeah. Puffy paid me 
to uh, kill uh, Tupac or whatever. And they're saying like, yeah, it, the, it's not really usable evidence because the guy could say anything, right? It doesn't, mm -hmm. like, he, he's trying to just uh, not be prosecuted and not go to jail. So then they ask him like, well, what, okay, if he would say he was going to go to jail for life or whatever, like 20 years or whatever for the drugs, uh, how much time did he get off for telling you uh, this story? And the guy said he was never prosecuted. So they, they, he never went to jail at all. But that is one thing that they say that that story isn't reliable because he, that was stacked against him of why he told it. Whether he did or not, because he, he discusses the car, who was sitting where, when they pulled up, the whole thing. But it could all be made up. I don't know. The thing about people is I can't read them. See, Rob can read people. Rob knows fucking people. I don't. People could straight up lie to my face. And like I even know it's a lie. And I'm like, no, it, it might not be a lie. But like Rob can read people. I can't. That's one of the problems that I have. Anyway, back to Tupac. Uh, I love this album. It's very possibly my favorite of the bunch. I love his voice. I think it's like really relaxing at points. So a lot of these records talk about really heavy topics. Um, and uh, but like I said, the combination between the gangster rapping and the topics mixed with like the female hooks, I think works really well. So Jeff brought up the intros on these records. I like the intro on this one. Uh, so these are things that were happening to Tupac at the time. He was shot five times uh, that I talked about earlier when he was going into the recording studio uh, and that split them as friends. Oh, another thing that they say in those documentaries is like there was West Coast, East, like East Coast, West Coast drama and like, you know, uh, whatever, like bullshit between each other. But they, everybody says like the media is the one who blew the whole thing out of yeah. proportion. And on top of that, they were saying, okay, Okay, think about like you're young in 1995. You're black. You don't have a lot of money. So it's like, okay, you see a magazine on the magazine rack and it's like East Coast versus West Coast. You don't have the money to buy the magazine. So you've never read the article. You don't know what it says. All you see is that. And so now that's in everybody's head that there's this huge drama between the two, whether there is or is not. But now everyone's, you know, they think that this is a thing that's happening. So they're building it up more than it ever actually is. Uh, the song, the second song on this album, "If I Die Tonight," literal crime that that song was not a single. One of the best songs on the album, stuck in my head for quite a bit of the week. Uh, and then one of the sing, one of the songs on here that was a single, "So Many Tears," I think is a good song. But uh, the fact that they chose that for a single, I think uh, I would have picked uh, many other songs in here besides that one. But I think Tupac's voice in that song is like specifically that song is like really therapeutic. Uh, Jomo, what do you think of this album, dude? It this this was a a tough album to listen to, man, because there it's like two friends like uh, rivaled up now, you know, and their their friendship split apart. It was it was hard to listen to because Pac was going through so much shit, man. And if you if you look in his biographies, you know, any any work that talks about his his childhood, man, he had a shitty fucking childhood. Mom was you know Black Panther, you know, did a lot of legal shit, drug addicted. You know, he, he went he went through a lot of shit moving around from like East Harlem, like hard places in the United States to Baltimore to across the world, man. Like he didn't have a steady life, man. And, and, and f for some of that part, I, I could kind of understand it and I respect it because I, I kind of grew up in that shitty ass background. Not as bad as he did, you know, but I, of all the things he did wrong, you know, uh, the worst thing he did was align himself with communists in high school. That was... The worst thing that he could do, I mean, if you're going to do anything, don't align yourself with communists. Um, they fucking suck. But the, the the guy was smart, man. He he was, you know, very intelligent. He was uh, reading about philosophy in prison. He was, you know, going to studying uh, poetry and all that stuff. 
it's crazy, but this album is it, the way he flows. I thought about it. It took me hours to figure it the fuck out. Pac flows like a heartbeat, man. If you listen to some of the way he raps, it goes up and it goes back down, and then it goes up and it goes back down. It sounds like a heartbeat. It's like a living message is in his sh- fucking artwork, man. It's beautiful, man. Yeah, I, I get what Rob says. Uh, there's some kind of like cheesy keyboards and sounds and synths that were in this album. But that, yeah, it was a product of its time, and that's how the 90s, or especially early 90s was, to mid-90s is, this is how some of the rap hip-hop scene was, and this is how they made music, man. Um, you know, fun fact about Tupac, man, uh, when he died, his group, the Outlaws, freaking smoked him in a blunt, man. Like, that's, that, that's some hardcore shit right there. That, that means you, you got that dude in your, in your cells now. He's part of your fucking body. Um, Two of my favorite songs on this album, I remember listening to it back in the day. I, I v- very rarely listen to it now, but So Many Tears sticks out to me and Dear Mama. Dear Mama is such a fucking sad song, man. And it's just it's just poetry, man. So, uh, you know, e- even in his later work, you know, uh, in, in, after his death, man, he's still just a, a lyrical genius. It's a shame he died. Shit happens. So the song Dear Mama, yeah, it's a nice song about Tupac's mom. I'm actually surprised the song was a single. It's it's not it's a great song, but it's like really deep and personal. So I wouldn't expect that to be a single. It reminds me of that's like so he's just saying like you know I just want to let you know that I understand or whatever. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the song Headlights by Eminem. It's the same idea like apologizing to your mother or whatever. Um, there's a song in here called Old School, and at the end. Uh, Tupac is talking about things that they used to do. Like he talks about eating Italian ice and like hanging out as kids and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I actually love that part of this record. A lot of this stuff, a lot of these albums talk about a lot of, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of drugs. You write what you see. We talked about this on the last uh, rap uh, episode. So seeing something like that is nice. You see this other side of Tupac when it's like remembering things that he liked when he was younger and all that kind of stuff, hanging out in the Italian ice or whatever, and he's going through all of them. And I think that's a really cool part of this album. So one of the things you talked about, he had a bad uh, growing up. He had a bad childhood. Of course, obviously being a minority in the 80s and stuff had to have been a nightmare uh, in the the 90s. I mean, it still probably is, but I just mean like there's – obviously people talk about this stuff a lot police brutality or whatever there's a song on here young <laughs> young ends uh, awesome song um not getting me today uh great beat one of my favorite songs and so he talks about uh, like a lot of uplifting positive things like you could be accountant not a not a dope dealer right and so he's trying to say <clears throat> you don't have to have the same life that the rest of, uh, of us had and he knows that people are listening to him and looking up to him so he's using this position that he has to kind of like try to talk to younger people and like steer them in the right direction. He's trying and he has a lot of positive things to say. Uh, and then there's another song in here, Lord Knows. That's a pretty heavy song. Oh, so there's a melody line over that. If you remember the song, uh, Big Papa, there's like this melody line going over the beat. Uh, that has a, that has a, this song has a melody line kind of in the same vein and always makes me think of that. Jeff, what do you think of this record? Yeah, so uh, Tupac's been my number one for years. I actually proudly wore a Tupac shirt in high school that you guys probably remember. Uh, his flow was untouchable. I really liked the song If I Die Tonight, the the, the, the song Me Against the World. He's just a great storyteller. Uh, Heavy in the Game is awesome. Lord Knows is superb. Dear Mama is still a song I listen to and think about a lot. It's a masterpiece, like we said. Like his storytelling. Um, <clears throat> music isn't normally in the forefront of hip-hop, but the bass in the song It Ain't Easy is fucking fantastic. Um, can you get away? Actually, it might be the, might be the weakest track on this record. 
the song Death Around the Corner, and the last thing I said was Outlaw is the best track on the album besides Dear Mama. I fucking love it. I listened to this. It, it, this this isn't my favorite Tupac album, but it's still awesome. If if you think that, that this one has got like the cheesy whatever in it, I'd, I'd say listen to his other stuff too, because I fell real hard into him right, right in right around high school or whatever. The whitest kid in the world, me, and I fucking yeah. love Tupac, but... Um, <laughs> Actually, I actually cut up that Tupac shirt because I had a great idea that I was going to turn it into my front bass drum head. Then I fucked that up too. Tell so, me, I mean, you, it was, tell it me was you chopped garbage. it up and smoked it. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. If I ever smoke, I'll smoke it. But yeah, so uh, Tupac, <laughs> Tupac is the best. I uh, listen to it very often anymore, but mm-hmm. it's I, I love storytelling, and there you go. Yeah, he does a good job. So yeah, Outlaw is a pretty impressive song. Uh, there's, a, there's a piano in the beat, which I think is awesome. Uh, it's a good song to go out on. I think, and now it's going to be a product of the time. I'm going to say one time, I think all these albums are too long, uh, 70, 80 minutes long uh, with like 18. Like I think Snoop's CD has like 21 tracks on it. Uh, it is a product of the time, but they are a bit too long for me. So Can You Get Away is funny because like Tupac's trying to bang some guy's girlfriend. Uh, he's like calling her up like, yo, let me take you out before he gets home. Uh but I, I think that what he gets at at one point is that like the girl's like getting her ass beat because he's like, why are you wearing sunglasses or whatever? Uh, so, yo, Heavy in the Game, which has Richie Rich in it. I don't know who the lady is who's singing on that song, but her hook is awesome. And that song, I, I wore this on Banger Status. Uh, Could have been a single. And then Temptations, which was a single, is a good song. Uh, no-brainer single. Oh, and this was a comment on that song. This guy says, I'm a 60-year-old white man. My whole neighborhood hated me when this CD came out. This is the first... Uh, sorry, this is the flyest song on the CD, in my opinion. Jomo, how white is this guy? He's I I I just he needs to just die. I just it's not good. it's not good. It's <laughs> if, not you, good. if you're white, if you're white, don't say flyest. I, I almost I almost said kill whitey. I almost said kill whitey, bro. <laughs> All right, let's read some YouTube comments. Uh, first one, my brother gave me this album and it changed my life. Pac, we salute you forever. Next person says, whenever I hear this, I can still smell the cold air of the winter of '95. The next person says, Pac never made a bad song. They're all classics. That's why he's the greatest. Uh, next person says, this is one of the greatest albums of all time. Anyone who thinks otherwise is insane. And lastly, depressed and suicidal as a teen, Pac was the one person I could count on to make me feel better. I miss this man. Does anybody else want to say anything about Me Against the World before we move on? Me. Uh, so mm-hmm. the thing I like about this intro is the exposition. Like, uh, I was wondering, like, you know, these were all people I've never really listened to. So I was kind of discovering all four of them this week. And so, like, uh, you know, I had heard so-and-so stories from so-and-so people. So, like, turning on the record and then, like, hearing him uh, getting shot and going to different hospitals and all that, that was good exposition for me, even if I never... I only listened to that song once, because once I heard it, I was done with it. But it was... it, it was an okay. And the, now, um, one of my favorite scenes in Unsolved was when um, Suge Knight is like talking to so and so, and he's like, okay, you guys should all be more like Tupac. Tupac just got out of jail and he's recording up a fucking storm right now. Snoop Dogg, every time you come in here, you're high. You, you, every mm-hmm. time you. I, and like, if I'm not mistaken, Tupac released a bunch of things posthumously. It's like he died at 25. But he just like he he had like a whole lifetime of like albums already fucking recorded because he just fucking worked and yeah you know, he was also like you know, a movie star and all this other shit so it's like that dude got fucking shit done and he got he got a lot done for somebody who died so young so good for him he, <clears throat> he did yeah so after he got shot like a, a couple of days after he got shot he had a uh, court hearing 
about uh, I can't remember what it was about, but the judge was like, yo, we can push this back. And he's like, no. And he rolls in like shot <laughs> in like a wheelchair and does the thing. So yeah, he's the real deal, man. The guy doesn't fuck around. Uh, I want to listen to his entire discography. Me too. Uh, Jomo, uh, Jeff, anything else? Yeah. Okay. And he also banged Rashida Jones's older sister. So, Ooh, yeah. hello. Yeah, she actually, was a fucking babe. She actually has a, a better set of tits than her sister, but all right. <laughs> is that is that the lady from the office? Who is that? Yeah, yeah. and Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, it is her. Yeah, Rashida yeah, okay, Jones. Her, yeah. yeah, she's yeah. eight cups are not for me. Anyway. <laughs> all right. All right, spinning hang on. that wheel, buddy. Oh, it's spinning. Uh, by the way, this is this this wheel spin is brought to you by Meat Spin. All right, Atlanta on Puffy. Ugh. Okay, hang on. Let me drop this in the comments. You guys can take a look at it if you want. Yo, Tupac is handsome as fuck as well. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I I I'd be a top for him because he's shorter than me, <laughs> so I'd be a top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so No Way Out is an 18-track record released in 1997, coming in just under 78 minutes long. It's Puff Daddy's debut studio album, reaching number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts and contains the singles, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, I'll Be Missing You, It's All About the Benjamins, Ben Around the World, and Victory. The album's crediting of the family references the guest appearances from his label mates and other artists, where Puff Daddy initially gained recognition through his public image and work as the founder of Bad Boy Records. The album was originally called Puff Daddy and the Goodfellas, then changed to Hell Up in Harlem, but following the death of the Notorious B.I.G., he decided to switch the album's title to No Way Out. <clears throat> speaking of the album's title, uh, speaking about the album's title, Puff Daddy said that because of uh, Biggie's death, which affected him greatly, he felt that there was no way out of things the way they were. I'll Be Missing You became a worldwide hit in the first rap song to debut at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. No Way Out features guest appearances from The Notorious B.I.G., Busta Rhymes, Mace, Lil' Kim, Carl Thomas, Jay-Z, Black Rob, The Locks, Genuine, uh, Genuine, Genuine, uh, Twista, Foxy Brown, Faith Evans, and 112. At 1997's 40th Annual Grammy Awards, I'll Be Missing You won Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group, beating Puff Daddy's other two nominations in the same category. No Way Out won Best Rap Album, and although uh, he was nominated for Best New Artist, he lost to whom, Jomo? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> he lost to Paula Cole. I don't even know who that is. I know who gives a fuck about that bitch. Anyway. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't, uh, No Way Out has been certified seven times platinum and remains Puff Daddy's best selling album. Joe, what do you think of this record? Dude, uh, what I'm going to say is going to be controversial, man, because this is, it, it, it's my least favorite album of the week. And here's fucking why. It's the intro. Like when, when uh, Jeff said that, I had like Vietnam, like PTSD fucking face. I was like, I heard that stupid ass intro. And then I was like in the bunker shooting a machine gun, getting shot at when my buddy's bleeding. Okay. It just, it's terrible. It's, and the album artwork is trash. Look at them. Not one pair of those trousers are fucking hemmed correctly. They all are fucking <laughs> it's just disgusting. Like what the fuck is yeah. going on here? And, but in the songs that are good, Puff has the least amount of fucking vocals on them. It is ridiculous. It's like the when he when he's singing in "Can't Nobody Hold Me Down," I'm like, 
it's like fucking nails on the chalkboard. Like, oh, you fucking suck, dude. God damn. How are you? How are you worth a billion dollars, bitch? God damn. It's fucking ridiculous. It's to me. It was. It was. It was nice to hear like the when Biggie came in on the floor. I forget that goddamn song. Um, all, all about the Benjamins. Oh, but yeah. That I love the way he flowed into that fucking song, man. Oh, there's a lot of good songs on this album. But thank God Puff didn't do too much to ruin them. So he can he can keep, you know, fucking milking this record for Biggie's death. And, you know, fucking he's like, oh, yeah, like ring that fucking album out just a little bit more. Yeah, let's get more money out of this bad boy. And it's refreshing to hear that, you know, Jay-Z, Little Kim, Mace. The I, I actually do like the way Mace flows. It's not aggressive. It's like he, like... Smoked some sherm and was just like, I'm gonna get on the mic and spit. And I'm just like, oh shit. It's it sounds good too. But I heard he sounds like shit when it's live, you know? And and I and I believe that, man. Um other than that, like um I think Puff Daddy still to this day is thinking about this album. He's thinking about Biggie and he's wiping those tears with hundred dollar bills. That's all I gotta say. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. This is my least favorite of the week. So uh, but I, okay. It's my least favorite, but I will say songs like I'll be missing you are incredible. That song is legendary is amazing. I love the intro on this. I think it's, 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 it rides. So any longer, any more stereotypical of like a eulogy or whatever, I think it would have been bad. I, I think it works though. This whole thing is obviously a dedication to Biggie. He is even in the Mo Money, Mo Problems video with Mace. I, that had to have been made after Biggie had d- died because he's barely even in it. They, he's like in a TV screen for a little while. They both are really great in that video. Like Puffy's. So, okay. One of the things that like, well, let me finish that. So Puffy's dancing and everything. Go watch that video for more money, more problems. It's iconic. And like his dancing is fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> but so one of the things is like Suge Knight at one of the uh, award ceremonies that they went to, he called him out for like being involved too much as a producer, but he's also like in their music videos and he's rapping on their stuff. Like just do one thing and do it well. Don't like be everywhere. And I guess not be that great. So he, his singing is it's always riding this line of bad. There's a ton of times where he's like almost going to train wreck the song and he, but he doesn't, but it's like almost there. It's like, it's, it's just about to go off the tracks. (laughs) This, like all the other ones though, there are, there's so much single potential left on this album. Like, so I, I, like, again, I didn't know that he's only put out four records. His last one was like 20 years ago. Uh, so he's a billionaire from other things either. So this, this guy also, so he's integral to a lot of things. He was like best friends with Biggie Smalls. He got that album made pretty much. Uh, he's in tons of pictures with him and everything. He's in his videos. But uh, so like he helped a lot of people get famous and he helped a lot of people have a record, like, get an album out. So he's integral to the part. Jomo's thing is that you're like, he's not really all that musically talented, like vocally. So he brings down the shit. Um, I think that works for him on this album because there's so many guest appearances. There's like a guest appearance in every song on this record. And I think that works very well for this album. I, I I like Puffy on, on at some point, but I like like everybody more than him pretty much the entire time. The song Victory has Busta Rhymes in it, and he that part his part is like my favorite part of this entire album. It's like aggressive as hell. They all work together. There's a trumpet and a violin in that song, so we're seeing like rap evolve from just this drum beat right that you would hear in like early stuff. Um, to you got all kinds of shit. You got pianos in the mix. You got violins. You got all kinds of crazy shit. You got three, four, five people rapping on a song with somebody singing on it. 
So uh, yeah, I think this album, like I, I'm not going to say there's like no talent here because there's a ton and there's some like songs that are really stacked. Like I can't say enough about I'll Missing You. Every, like I'll be missing you. Everything that that song has gotten, it deserves. Every If it won a Grammy, I can't remember what I said earlier. If it won a Grammy, it fucking it deserves it. it. it if it made a billion dollars, it fucking deserves it. Like it's a great song. And they, so they use the police song, I'll be watching you or whatever the hell the actual name of that song is. It could be that. I don't know. Faith Evans, who uh, Jomo mentioned earlier, was married to Biggie Smalls. Uh, she uh, is on that song as well. So another thing that really broke the, the bond between Tupac and Biggie is after they split, Tupac apparently paid Faith Evans a shit ton of money to come sing on one of his songs. And of course, he's baiting her into this to, to put something in between them. And uh, he pays her whatever amount of money to be on the song. And he's like, hey, let's fuck. And he claims he banged her. She says they didn't fuck. Or uh, whatever. So that, but he said he banged her on one of his songs. So picture like being like Notorious B.I.G. and hearing the song for the first time, and Tupac's like, "Yo, I fucked your wife." It, it's just, it's just adding like gasoline to this fire that has, okay, that has already been started by white people. Like white people started the fire, and now everyone is so hooked on it and like in it that they're adding fucking gas to this fire that they didn't even start to begin with. It's fucking crazy. White people did this. White rich people did this. Jeff, what do you think of this album? Uh, all right. So copy. <laughs> right, Jim, well, don't lie. All right. So copy and paste. Do you know why every track says it has somebody else on it? Because nobody else would fucking listen to this album if it was not with everybody else. Yes. I hate. Yeah, I hate. I that I, is true. I hate Puff Daddy. He's the fakest fucking tough guy. I'm not even a fucking tough guy, and I fucking hate him. Uh, he's just a dude who hangs out with tough people. Best part of this record, like you said, is when Biggie or Mace or Junior Mafia appear. Uh, the his rap flow is hor- horrendous. I'll be missing you is a great song, but it's because of Faith's hook and a familiar tone, not Puffy's yeah. stupid monotone rap. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think that when that song plays, police still get money for it because he yeah, didn't get clearance to use I, it. I brought that up to Becca. I was like, do you think the police make money off that off that song? Because it is their thing. Like, and that's then, not um, sampling. Um, <laughs> uh, if I was Puffy, I'd be missing Biggie too because it's the only good thing about Puffy's whole career was Biggie. Um, and then the last thing I s- said was that Mace's verse in, in Can't Hold Me Down is good, which we already discussed. I actually love Mace. But yo, Puffy's trash. Trash. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. I, it's, it's good that he can put everything together and have like a bunch of people working for him, but... The solo, I mean, he's a billionaire, so what the fuck do I know? I don't know. There, uh, there's a song in here all about the Benjamins. Now, this is credited everywhere as a remix. So I thought there was two versions of this, but I can't find another version of the song. I think I, whatever version of this song is on this album, I think I actually hate. There's this instrument playing in the background. I don't know what it is, but it gives me a fucking headache. It never stops, and it keeps going. So it's like if you're going to play one note, you need to do something else with that note or just stop playing it because I can't, I can't deal with it. It also this problem also could be that I've listened to all about the Pentiums by Weird Al too much, so like the song is his now. But I don't know. It's hard for me to go back to this version when I listen to it. It's like yeah, there's a lot of talent here, but I I don't like it. A uh, couple other songs in here. Don't stop what you're doing. That's that song would have been easy easy single money has Lil Kim on it. She's great in the song. Uh, and I'll say that I think Puffy is actually good in that song as well. Um, there is um, another song on here. If I die tonight, interlude. So that's like baby making music, but it has lyrics about dying. And I just, I hope that there were children conceived of this song because of the beat. Uh, I think it's a nice, beautiful song, uh, but it's just funny that you have the two things. You have this nice, like really piano driven, like nice thing. And then you have like lyrics about dying on the other side. 
Rob, what do you think of this album? I think this is the weakest of the four. Um, fucking the intro when he says, God forgive my enemies, I fucking facepalm so hard. It's like, you don't fucking mean this. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, now, um, okay, now. Uh, Jeff, I'm sorry, one second. Jeff, can you mute Mike? Is it on? There's like static coming from someone. Okay, that's, that's okay. it. Thank you. Sorry, Rob. So, so, um, so, um, in, in Straight Outta Compton and in Unsolved, Suge Knight is like the like a main villain, and and so you might say a lot of these guys uh, depicted are like quick to aggression, but Suge Knight is like another fucking level where he's like uh, provoking shit and uh, you know pr probably psychopath, homicidal, uh, like e even more so, like just another level of like you know violent and provocative. But you know, but you might say that in in Unsolved uh puff daddy is uh might be a villain too but he's like the cowardly lion type or some shit where like uh and i and in a way he makes me feel like gross because it's like um so after um after uh, after tupac got shot trying to visit biggie uh biggie uh wanted to like have some FaceTime with Tupac to like, yep. like, like, look, yo, we were bros. I did not set you up, whatever. But, uh, uh, Puff Daddy convinces him just like, Oh, I sent him a letter. That'll be good enough. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he has major cowardly <laughs> vibes and uh, bad advice. And, uh, I don't know. And yeah, I don't, I, uh, he's a villain in, in a way and uh if you believe the um yeah so like <laughs> uh everyone in this uh in this circle has has either gotten shot at or like their lives threatened or like crazy shit has happened uh but but um uh puff daddy in unsolved seemed the most traumatized by hearing about his friend get beat up and then possibly hired uh people to kill tupac uh so to 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 say um he seems like the biggest bitch out of everyone in this story and uh he gets he gets to live uh longer than everyone else and get a billion dollars so good for him i don't fucking know what to say anyways <laughs> yeah. his, his album sucks um and the, the the best thing about it is it clarified how much i fucking love biggie because like you know i'm listening to this album and like i'm like okay my favorite parts are the parts that biggie is uh is on and then uh pain comes on and it's like the song kind of annoys me i'll a bunch of the music I listened to this week has an, um, instrumentals that annoy me or whatever. But yeah, it's like pain. He's talking about getting betrayed by women, and then like the loss of Biggie. It's like I started to get like a a body high here, where it's just like you know what? I love Biggie too. So why the fuck am I listening to Puff Daddy? Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he de he definitely wrote it a lot. Like he like in the Mo Money Mo Problems video, like. Uh, what's in the uh, Biggie isn't even in it because he's dead, but uh, there's Puff Daddy like right in the forefront. Because when I was watching it, I was like, I had to look, I'm looking at the title and it's like Biggie, but it's like he's not even he's not here, so it is on Biggie's last album, so like he was it is on uh, uh Life After Death, uh, but uh, he was dead, but it's like I don't, yeah, so I don't know, he he really never got over this, yeah, I guess he they were that big of friends, I don't know, but you're right, so. After Tupac got shot, Biggie went to go see him. And I guess that's what happened where he's like, yo, I didn't set you up. And he's like, no, I don't believe you. And, uh, but I'm not surprised to see that Puffy just sent a letter or whatever. However, I will say like, man, like we've talked about this before with other people. Sometimes 
it, you're just like the management and that's fine but he wants to be in with everybody else and this album sold seven million copies at least he won a grammy it's that song i'll be missing you has to have been listened to a billion fucking times by now uh so he made it but yeah he, he's definitely like his voice is very i don't know it's it it's it's almost like i say it almost like train wrecks the stuff whenever it's happening especially when he's singing. So pain, uh, I was up and down on it over the week. I, I think I'm, I'm in with it now. I think it could have been a single, uh, a couple of songs I want to talk to. I got the power. Uh, I bet you that song kills live. I'm not going to say that about too many of these songs, but that one specifically, every, every time I thought about it, I was like, I would actually like to see that live. I think it would be pretty good. There's a song in here, friend fe featuring Foxy Brown, which she is awesome in. Uh, Puffy's voice is almost like riding the line of being bad there. But then at the end, there's like a sketch that's like three minutes long and it fucking never ends. If you have to have a sketch that's three minutes, just make it its own track so I can delete it off of the fucking playlist. Otherwise, I have to go in and re-edit the song to cut it out. Like just fucking make it its own track. It's fucking, it's not my, it's not my least favorite. My, some of my least favorite tracks are on the Biggie album. Uh, and then, uh, is this the end? Uh, the oh so the rapping in that song like sounds so different than like all the rest of the record and for that it stands out great song one of my favorites on it so yeah but this is my my least favorite and uh i i don't know i it sold a lot so good for him but it doesn't hold up to the other ones uh let's read some comments i've been let's see i've had like four copies of this over the years brings back some good memories next person says bad boy era uh next comment uh his albums have the cleanest mix downs Next person says, yo, Faith killed the Missing You hook, which you did, absolutely. And lastly, no matter how much I listen, I never get bored. I don't know. It flows, whatever. I still think it's too fucking long, but it's not the worst thing ever created, but it's my least favorite of these four. Does anyone else want to say anything about uh, No Way Out before we move on? Yeah, yeah, I got two things to say. One, um, about how many, you talk about how many albums he sold. Uh, Immortal Technique has a, has a line that says, if you go platinum, it has nothing to do with luck. It just means that a million people are stupid as fuck. And that's why he <laughs> sold so many lyrics. And secondly, this mm, entire time, because Rob, because Rob went last, I was sweating this was going to be his favorite because he, he said that Tupac was, was his third favorite. That I was like, oh, no, we just shit all over this dude. And it's going to be Rob's favorite. Thank you for redeeming yourself. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so Puffy has four albums, No Way Out, sold seven or is seven times platinum. I don't know how many copies he sold, uh, whatever, but it's seven times platinum. Uh, album Forever, which came out in 1999, went platinum. Uh, the Saga Continues from 2001 went silver. And then Press Play from 2006 went gold. So yeah, I mean, it's all like a downward slope of this guy's album sales. Um, but he got Biggie shit out there and that's probably worth him existing altogether so all right let's spin the fucking wheel you spin me right around baby right around you spin me right around baby what Wait, so let, yeah let's see who, let's see who can listen who can watch the spin the longest the person who watches the longest spin uh amazon will send you a seven dollar and fifty cent gift card <laughs> We're we're not liable for anything. We just want you to. Be, we got to put out uh, uh, legal disclaimers. <laughs> legal disclaimer: you probably you probably and actually will receive nothing. Nothing. nothing but pro just probably, nope. but really just probably. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, Ready to Die is a 17 track record released in 1994, coming in just over 69 minutes long. Jomo. Uh, 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 
Okay. It's Biggie's uh, debut studio album, reaching number 15 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, and contains the singles "Juicy," "Big Papa," and "One More Chance." The the partly autobiographical album tells the story of Biggie's experience as a young criminal, and was the only studio album released during his lifetime, as he was murdered 16 days before the release of his second album, "Life After Death," in 1997. "Ready to Die" was significant for revitalizing the East Coast hip-hop scene amid west coast hip-hop's commercial dominance ready to die was recorded in two stages originally being signed by sean combs uh, to uptown records the album's darker less radio-friendly content was recorded when combs was fired from the label biggie's career hung in limbo as the album was only partially completed uh, after a brief period of dealing drugs in north carolina biggie returned to the studio the following year uh, to finish the recording on combs new label uh, bad boy records this return marked some changes including a smoother more confident vocal tone and in uh, and in this stage, the more commercial sounding tracks of the album were recorded. Between the, stu between the two stages, Biggie moved from writing his lyrics in notebooks to freestyling them from memory. Method Man makes a guest appearance on the song The What. In at 1995's 38th Annual Grammy Awards, Big Papa was nominated for Best Rap Solo Performance, but lost to whom, Jomo? If you say Coolio, I'm going to leave. I'm leaving this room. <laughs> but lost to Coolio with Gangsta's Paradise. I'm out. Ready to, die. <laughs> Ready to Die has been certified six times platinum. Jeff, what do you think of this record? Oh, you muted. You muted. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah, it's good. It's definitely my second favorite. It's uh, it's a banger. It's crazy to think that he was in his early 20s. Like, what the fuck was I doing in my early 20s? And this dude is killing the game. But again, the intro was 100% unnecessary. Give me the loot is so fucking hard and awesome. Um, I forgot how good Machine Gun Funk was. That song's awesome. Uh, the song Warning has a lot of dated references, but it still has great rhymes in it. Ready to Die is the jam. Again, Method Man was on the what? That that's awesome. Um, I love the song Juicy. I'm assuming everybody does, but it deserves all the recognition it gets. I love the positive message, which we discussed earlier. Um, the, the line "blow up like the World Trade" is kind of ironic in the early '90s. That's the guy to Yeah, yeah. Um, like what is this fucking eight years before? But whatever. Um, everyday struggle is real. Big Papa isn't my favorite. I know it's. A, a, a hit but whatever uh, respect should be more well known respect should be the hit uh, Su Suicidal Thoughts is the best song on this album I think it's the best Biggie song I know it's kind of fucked up if you ever get into that that low depressed place reach out to somebody and then uh, Just Playing is a great last track but yeah it's good um, it's crazy that he was so young Suicidal Thoughts is, is the jam and that's all I got okay yeah so are you saying that Biggie predicted 9-11 I mean, I so I I did some research. Uh, there was like a truck bombing in the yeah. World Trade, like right yeah. around. The oh, time, so, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So multiple people. So you 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 guys probably know how many how many gangsters I hang out with, but most multiple people have told me that Biggie is their favorite rapper of all time. Uh, I think his voice is awesome. I think this album is legendary. So one of his big sells is that he's this more laid back rapper, and you can hear it in a lot of his flows and a lot of his songs. Um, again, there's a lot of room left on this album for singles. And just like before, you have this write what you know mentality, uh, which, well, you get everywhere. But here, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of violence on this album. There might be like the most out of all of them on this record. There's a ton of violence on this album. Um, and I think that this record could be trimmed down by a few songs. I'm, more, I'm bigger into a shorter, big album and like just putting out like a sister EP or a sister thing to have a couple of like the other songs that don't necessarily need to be there. 
So the intro on this is an interesting one. When I hear it, it it it, it seems to me like I so I can see it as like it being acted out in a Broadway play. So when they do Ready to Die on Broadway, um, I can see I can picture this happening, and it's pretty cool like how the intro of this album works. You have music samples that are like songs from the different eras, so songs when he was like born and songs when he was growing up, and then songs when. So you have okay in this song, it is is portraying his life from. Uh, being born pretty much to like where he is now. So you get like being born, you get growing up where uh, his parents are fighting or whatever. Then you get him robbing people. And then you get him at the very end, he's getting out of jail to have, to be like where he's at now or around now or whatever. Um, and they have these different songs that go in and out that are like of the time of when this was happening. And actually at the very end of the, of this, uh, one of Snoop Dogg's songs is in the background uh, when he's like getting released from jail. So this song, it is impressive. I always, I listened to this one time and I've skipped it since. I don't need to hear it every time, but I do think it's impressive and it's done really well. So a couple of things that Jeff said that I want to talk about. Give me the loot. One of the fucking best songs. Uh, chorus was stuck in my head forever. Banger of the song, uh, banger of a song. I don't know how it wasn't a single. Uh, suicidal thoughts awesome way uh to end the album are you saying there was a song after that i might have uh not put that there i don't know uh but the it's the song is really dark lyrically and musically it's like dark as fuck and it ends it well uh the what has method man in it like uh jeff had said at method man with the exception of old dirty bastard who i only reason i say the exception of a wu-tang not that he isn't a member or anything it's that he's more of like the comic relief and like jokester of the group. So when people are comparing rappers, they're probably going to compare like the more serious ones like uh, ahead of him. However, uh, ODB is my favorite of Wu-Tang. But as far as like the serious ones go, uh, Method Man is my favorite. So it's nice to hear him pop up there. And I think the two like work really well together. Uh, and then there's a song in here, Things Done Changed. Uh, I don't know how that wasn't a single either. Catchy as fuck. One of the best songs on the album. And this record is really good. It's hard for me to to know to really say which is my favorite like tupac i think is my favorite but like this record i get lost in and i think is really good and then snoop is just it's like his voice is so it always makes me laugh and he's funny and like he has so much crazy shit going on that like i love that album too uh rob what do you think of this record this one is far and away my favorite like not even fucking close and uh, um like uh, i i i kind of forgot this guy existed and i don't think i've ever like listen i don't think i think big papa is the only song that i ever heard from this guy and like i don't know that's not my favorite song in this album either but yeah like and this album grew on me a lot i didn't really know what to think at first i thought he was kind of a psychopath and i didn't really i just thought he was like kind of extreme but like i think the the sex the sex songs i started loving first because it just reminded me like he goes full patrice uh i've been quoting uh a couple of things that he said all week in the discord um uh i i i i i i i'm blanking on all of them but like yeah his whole like fuck him and leave him like mentality nice. i don't recommend doing what he says but it's fucking hilarious put to music uh i don't know um uh, yeah so okay so the the intro is super uh, uh abstract you know i i like it i don't know how many times i'm gonna listen to it usually i skip it now but like you know you 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 it doesn't say very much directly. It's not very informational, except uh, metaphorically. It's like, okay, there's music, there's uh, intergenerational trauma and like just screaming and, and insanity. And then there's like, uh, I'm getting out of jail and everyone believes I'm going to be back. Um, and it's just like, you know, 
so I, I get a lot of emotion out of that um, abstract intro. I, I like it overall. Uh, yeah. So I love the music on this album. And like, you know, I was, I was saying how like Tupac is a little too like cheesy keyboards and whatever. This one, I fucking love the music. Like, give me the loot, the like uh, the guitars and the like. I just I fucking love the beats on this album. I think the music is so fucking good. And then like, yeah, give me the loot, the like the dialogue, the back and forth. Like I, I can name like a couple of songs uh, that a, a couple of rap songs that I know about that are like genius, like writing. But it's it, they feel like they were written on paper when you were saying that uh, some of this album was like freestyled. When I when I give me the loot, the dialogue in that is so natural and so. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard anything captured that well. I fucking, uh, to me, this is another fucking tier. Like, I love Wu Tang. I love uh, fucking Biggie, like, fucking even more than that. Now, that said, um, like, so to me, like, Method Man, it, like, if, I, if I'm trying to figure out if something's all right or not, and then I hear Method Man, I'm like, yeah, this is good. I get, I got the fucking thumbs up from Method Man. That means it's fucking thumbs up from me. Love Method Man, love uh, Wu Tang. But yeah, uh, I, I listened to this album 50 times this week, like easily. Like, uh, okay, so like the skits. Um, uh, I think Snoop Dogg has like the funniest, like dick sucking song uh, sounds like in the background, like as part of the song. And that's part of his like comedic mm. delivery or whatever. Uh, uh, but some of the like uh, the, 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 the sex skits in this, I don't. <laughs> Yep. The one, the one, the one, the, the dick sucking one, the, um, uh, you know, I don't be doing this like, uh, fucking misogyny is contagious. I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not responsible for what I'm thinking when I'm listening to that song. Uh, all right. Jokes aside. Um, <laughs> that's not a joke. That's a fact. That's a fact, bro. That's a fact. Uh, um, okay. What's the, what's the other, like, oh yeah. Fuck me interlude. Yeah. Um, Okay, there there are so many times like the, I love these weeks where we listen to um, uh, uh, rap, but it's a bad idea for me to listen to the N word so much because <laughs> I hear it so often, and then my my brain starts thinking of it as a normal word, and so I'm just like uh, I'm out in the do, doing the world, and like it's like oh you need to get that guy's attention, say the N word. Uh, like, oh yeah, I would get their attention if I said the N word, but I might al I might also get murdered, so don't, don't do that. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, F fuck me interlude is so fucking funny. And there's so many things that I can't say here. Uh, but like, uh, I, I, and I don't know, like if, if, if anyone said any of those things to me when, when, when we were doing intercourse, like I would be so fucking offended, but to, uh, I don't know. I I'm being exposed to a thing that, uh, it's opening my mind somehow. I don't know what to say. I listened to this album so many times. There's so many. Oh, and Juicy. Juicy, I fucking love the bass line. Now, uh, 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 he was talking to Tupac, and Tupac's like, you got to make songs for the ladies. To me, Juicy is like enough for the ladies, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's not sellout music. It's, it's fucking perfect. I don't fucking know. Like, uh, there's, there's plenty of, I don't know. I fucking love Juicy so much. Um, what else? Uh, I fucking love this album um so much and that's all for now it is good okay the fuck me interlude i hate it i it's <laughs> i i okay so i get okay i'm gonna guess that when this came out there were not many albums 
where there's a track. So even if you talk about Rocket Queen by Guns N' Roses, when uh, Axl Rose is like fucking a chick in the studio on the song, there's no music to this song. It's there's no music to this track. It's just fucking. And okay, I get that it's like it's at so he's he's creating this story, this atmosphere, whatever for the album. And I get that it's like shocking at the time. It's like the the what's his name, fucking Howard Stern shit, like shocks type type stuff. I personally, I think that track is like cringe. And like if if I had a version of this album, I would remove it from it. I don't know. It's like when I hear like the first time, it's like okay, yeah, this is whack, whatever. But like after I listen to this album ten times, it's like okay, I, the last thing I ever want to hear is this fucking song again. Uh, <laughs> Juicy, not surprised as a single. Uh, awesome uh, female hook in that song is really well done. She has a beautiful voice. Uh, Big Papa, that's eternal banger status. Uh, so, and I think that song like fits Biggie really well. Uh, it had Big Papa is the one that has the the melody line that I was talking about, like over the beat. So it's nobody singing it; it's like an electronic melody line over the electronic beat of the song. Uh, and then one of the songs I want to talk about, "Ready to Die." I believe uh, Rob brought this up. Uh, it might be my favorite beat on the album. I think everything works so well. There's a line: "I got techniques dripping out my butt cheeks." And yeah, I don't know. Everything he he definitely is great. And like I said, I've I've heard multiple people tell me they're like, nah, Biggie's the best. Like, no, I don't care who else you listen to, Biggie's number one. So it's it's crazy that like rap. So I think they said rap started in New York. Now it, it obviously is gonna have come from something else, but it started like what, like mid-80s in New York or whatever, from people just bringing a boombox out and like people getting together and rapping. Uh, but it's it's crazy that like less of a decade or less than a decade I don't know exactly when the things had started around a decade later someone's coming out with this and it's 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 still loved 30 years later it's going to be loved 100 years later it's going to be loved 500 years later like people are always going to be attached to this album and I think one of the things that really worked for him is that he had a different style he had this laid back style it's like it's it's I don't know it's it's really really good uh, Jomo what do you think of this album Oh, this this is a, a a fucking lyrical masterpiece. You know, here here's the hard part, man. Is that Biggie was such it, like he was cut definitely short too soon. He was cut short, man. It, 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 there's you put out Ready to Die, man, which is a legit masterpiece, right? You got all this goofy interludes. You got a lot of all this other shit, right? But mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there was a lot of filler songs on the album. Yeah, it was lengthy. What 18, 17 tracks. It was very lengthy, but just the way he flowed, man, it was just, even if he was aggressive, it was just flowing nice and smooth, man. And and Pac had this, like, melody, like, he had this melody, man, he had that, that like, what I talked about, it was like, that heartbeat, it was just, it was, it was perfect. <laughs> Biggie was just, he just flowed, and just came out of his mind, and you could definitely tell, like, he was thinking like a damn factory worker, man. Like the 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 product was up here, and then it was just flowing out. And then he was thinking and flowing out, thinking and flowing out. And it was just so beautiful, man. Like the dude is so fucking smooth, man. Big Papa, dude, fucking, it's just straight bars, man. The man is just spitting bars, and all the instrumentals on throughout this whole album is just it's crazy, man. A lot of it has kind of like this Brooklyn, this this is like a, this Brooklyn instrumental beat where there's like. There's drums, there's, you know, kind of like this mix of funk and rap and hip-hop all mixed together. And Biggie just took it and just sounded so smooth and so great, man. Like, you can't... This, this, this whole week, man, I was just like, man, 
if I was gay, I'd have to suck Biggie's dick. Like, he's just that <laughs> good of a fucking a rap artist, man. And this dude was just classy as fuck during the time, man. You know, he would slap a hoe and people would still respect him. He slapped up Little Kim. He was still respected. Um, but I would tell you this. Um, catching up, too, I, I was I was watching HBO and they had Notorious that's on there. It's like the, the biopic for uh, Biggie Smalls, man. Watch it. Watch it. It, it is great. You know, how true is it? I don't know if he got Pac shot, but he's still a better rapper than Pac. If I had to rank him, Biggie had less work, but somehow was still better than Pac. It's it's crazy. I, that's all I got to say. Yeah, a lot a lot of people just, just love the dude. Uh, so Machine Gun Funk, Jeff had talked about, uh, the flow in that song is awesome. There's a trumpet in that song as well. Uh, this song on here, uh, Everyday Struggle, that I think could have been a single. Song on here, Respect uh jeff said it was one of the best songs on the album it's one of my least uh favorite songs on this right. record uh it needs more biggie and less whoever the lady is singing it um oh oh and there's another that's another song with like a sketch at the end of it uh it's like okay oh and they're making out in that sketch it's so loud and sloppy like bro get rid of it or if you have to have this loud this like loud sloppy kissing sketch make it its own track that way i can delete it going forward and then one more chance which was also a single on here they play answering machine messages in the beginning which i think is still kind of an original idea i don't i don't hear that very often i wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the first records to do something like that and so it adds like to the atmosphere he's trying to create this album that's like talking about his life or whatever so he's talking to bitches he's fucking bitches he's fucking making out with bitches whatever uh and so he's doing that um but I, I i think it's a cool idea i think it was probably fresh then and i think it's probably still fresh now uh, a couple youtube comments uh first one never get tired of hearing biggie next one says timeless next person says still one of the greatest albums of all time raw real and unapologetic Next comment. It's important to remind you that this album was made at the age of 21. Legend. Absolutely. And lastly, the definition of a classic hip-hop album. Does anybody else want to say anything about Ready to Die before we move on? Let's let Jeff uh, give his uh, a summary of, of, two, uh, of the album and then Jomo's going to pee. Oh, did I not talk to, talk to Jeff about this? Might be. Yeah, no, no, Jeff the, talked to no the, the next one. Read the chat, my friend. Read the chat. Oh shit! Sorry, the fucking sorry, the thing. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah, sure. Talk, yep, do what you got to do. Uh, no, no, no. I was gonna say to to just round out this. It's crazy that he was twenty one. Like, like I thought he was it young is. at 20, 20, 24 when he passed away. I had no idea that he was twenty one. Yeah, you can spin the wheel or pick pick Snoop. Just let me go first. Yeah, it's, it's Snoop. <laughs> uh, you can say it now. Yeah, say whatever oh. you want. Go. All on. right. Yeah. So so we so we picked Snoop. Um, I don't remember the name of the album. The, the, the game whatever the game is uh, to be sold not to be told so um i know that i uh was a second string addition to this lovely podcast so i don't know did you guys already do doggy style before no, i got we on? haven't we have not okay so like i was actually shocked that jomo picked this album as opposed to doggy style because doggy style is like widely regarded as one of the greatest albums mm -hmm. ever um and a lot of my notes on this i don't even i don't even know i was like i was like writing while i was driving but this is a good album um I like that, like, a lot of this, like, even, like, $20 to my name is, like, about, like, like, real shit, not just about, like, being rich. And, like, like I like that a lot, a lot about this, like, week where it's, like, it's not just, like, fucking bitches and money and shit. Like, it, it, it's, like, it's just about, like, like real shit. Um, the song DP Gangster is just basically an, NW, an NWA cover, so that's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, it's just good storytelling. I got a jet. You guys are awesome. I'm stoked for next week. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I'll read it in the chat. See ya.
See you next All week. Right. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Uh, pee break? Yeah, please. Okay. Yo, 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 yo. What up? What's up, player? Dylan. Yo, you know, how, you know how many red lights I ran while listening to this music? How many? Down, a bunch. And every time I'm rolling up, it's about to turn yellow. I was like, you know what? Nah. nah. I'm going through that shit. <laughs> All right, where are the white girls at? Where the white girls at? Where the white girls at? Talk, we're Yo, talking about my, how many. Oh yeah, we're talking, we're talking about how many crimes we did this week while listening to this music. Bro, I I ran so many red lights while listening to this stuff. Did you, Jomo? Um, I uh, I I did nothing. I'm a square. I don't drink anymore. <laughs> um, I pay my yeah. taxes. Um, <laughs> I have a HOA. That's the situation I'm in, man. I I'm not. I, I used to be like Thug Jomo where I grew up in the hood and now it's just like I'm like gentrified Jomo. It's not it's not good. Yeah. I don't like it. It's safe. I like it's safe. I, it's safe and yeah. I like edge. She's playing it safe. Mm. <laughs> All right. So Jeff, Jeff, he's not he had to go? Yeah. Uh, but he gave where his were you? Uh, taking a dump? Yeah. I, no, no, no. I was taking a piss. I had to take my dog out, then I had to do something for the wife real quick. Like I was running around, bro, but we're we're back. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He he said his piece and he had to bounce. Hell yeah, brother. I'll, I'll splice it. Anyway, we're back. Yeah. At, at a certain point we need to do doggy style because uh he says that's his favorite, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what it has to be one of the greatest fucking album titles of all time, especially think, in context. I think that's yeah. I think that's everyone's favorite album. Or style. Jomo, Jomo, look at this album cover and tell me it's not one of the greatest things of all fucking time. It's the cheesiest. It's oh, like no, it, it's that's like, not cheesy. That's awesome. Bro. It's like someone mashed it up with fucking Microsoft PowerPoint, bro. It's fucking. It's, it's not cheesy. But I, I love, love it. it. It's cheesy, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. 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 All right, we ready, everybody? Yeah. Oh, by the way, all this information in the blurbs is from Wikipedia. I can never remember to say it in the beginning. I'm not trying to steal people's shit. And also, if it's wrong here. It's because it's wrong there. We ready? Yeah. Okay. The game is to be sold, not to be told. It's a 21-track record released in 1998, coming in just over 79 minutes long. It's Snoop's third studio album, reaching number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts, and contains the singles Still a G-Thang, Wolf, and Slow Down. The game is Snoop Dogg's first album following his departure from Death Row Records in early 1998 as... uh, as is his first to have notable affiliates such as Dr. Dre, Nate Dogg, Warren G, and others absent. Uh, it was also his first to be released under a slight change of his stage name, Snoop Dogg, for contractual reasons. And this is his third consecutive number one album in the United States, which spent five consecutive weeks in the top ten. So before his name was Snoop Doggy Dog, now going out, it's Snoop Dogg. Uh, with friend and label mate at Death Row Records, Tupac Shakur, murdered in a drive-by, shooting in 1996 and the notorious big meeting the same fate in 1997 snoop dogg began to fear for his own safety death row records has been said to be unprofessional be an unprofessional place during the time with the label founder should knight incarcerated and many people with criminal past associated with the label snoop was looking to find a new one he developed a good relationship with no limit record 
uh, with the No Limit record label after making a guest appearance on songs by Mystical and Silk the Shocker. In, and in 1998, he signed with them. The lead single, Still a G-Thang, is the sequel to, 19, to the 1992 hit single, Nothing But a G-Thang, which appeared on Dr. Dre's debut studio album, 1992's The Chronic. The game is to be sold, not to be told, has been certified two times platinum, making it the second best-selling album by Snoop Dogg behind 1993's Doggy Style. So I, I'm I don't I'm torn as to where I put this in the list because uh, I love his voice and Snoop is so funny, uh, but then like people hold like uh, you know Biggie and Tupac as like the two biggest best rappers of all time. I think this record is great. It doesn't have these like huge gigantic bangers that some of the other records have, uh, but it flows really well and I think it's a great album. Uh, and one of my favorite things about Snoop is you can always pick his voice out of a lineup. Uh, he, and he's the real deal. So if you watch uh, any of the videos about the East Coast, West Coast stuff, Snoop tried to squash all that bullshit multiple times. Now, multiple people did. P uh, Puff Daddy did at one point. Um, but there's a thing where Snoop Dogg, he's like, he goes to, so Snoop is from the West Coast. So he goes to New York to accept an award and people are like booing him. And he's like, he's like, you don't like Snoop. And uh, I forget who else was there with him at the time. And people are like booing him. And he's like, pretty much like, fuck you, you motherfuckers or whatever. Also, this, the album cover of this is one of the greatest of all time. I fucking love it. Whether it's cheese or whatever, I don't care. I'm all in on it. So the intro on this album is one of my favorites because it's like, picture you go to a new job, all right? And they're bringing you into the job. Like, So you're there and there's a bunch of people who already work there. So they're, they're telling them about your, your traits and stuff. So like, okay, we're bringing Snoop into the family. Uh, he brings to the table money, power, respect, leadership, and wisdom. And then the whole album is him talking about bitches, smoking, and fucking. And it's like, it's so good. It just constantly makes me laugh. Um, so a cu couple of songs here. So Gin and Juice 2. Uh, is a song that uh, was not a single, which I'm very surprised on because I feel like just for name recognition alone, they could have made money on that. Also, the beat of that song sounds like it's from like an old horror movie. And it's one of my favorite songs on the album. So when you think about the other song I was talking about, Still a G-Thang, which is the continuation of, or the sequel to Nothing But a G-Thang, like that, I, I think that song is awesome. Uh, that's one of the songs that makes me run red lights in the Prius. But just like name notoriety alone, I think that those could have made money. Uh, so it's like, why not? If, if, if I was Snoop at this time, I would have, like, if I were all these artists at this time, I would have milked all these albums for so much more. So Puffy's worth a billion bucks. He could be worth two billion bucks. Jomo, what do you think of this album? Um, I didn't like it. Um, I, I like Snoop. I like the way he raps. I'll keep it short and sweet. The album artwork just fucking, it just took off. It just made me go. Stop, stop. Okay, Stop. okay, Microsoft PowerPoint. I, I don't want Stop. it. I don't want it. It looked like some 15 year old who was in fucking graphics art class made this goddamn album artwork. Um, I could have had an autistic kid paint something better, uh, for a fact. Um, other than that, like you had the follow up to you know, still a G thing or still a thing, and there, there's some good songs on the record, but there's a lot of just filler bullshit tracks on this album, <clears throat> and that's what the biggest thing for me about this album was just like. Mm -hmm. Jumbo, I can't hear you. Okay, okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. okay. There was yeah, a lot yeah. of there are a lot of tracks on this album that just it didn't it didn't do it for me, man. I was just sick of it. Um it, it just it, it, it just unnecessary. And I like Snoop, man. There's I love the way he flows. He's a, a real G, he's gangster, man. He's just easy flowing dude. 
and he's everyone's friend, man. I don't know anyone who'd be like, no, I wouldn't hang out with Snoop Dogg and Burn. Oh, I think yeah. Ro- Rob's completely sober. He'd be like, all right, just let me get a little, just a little hit, just a little hit. Just, Bro, just... Martha Stewart hangs out with Snoop Dogg. I know. Martha Stewart fucking, you think she sucked his dick? Nah, dude, she nah, she class, bro. She ain't just going down sucking dicks. But, would, but I mean, you, maybe she would in the future. But. Would, you, would you eat her old coochie for some new uh, bed linens? I told you I'd do it for the story alone. I'd fuck Martha Stewart right now just to say I did it. I, I gangbang her with you. All right, moving forward. Other than that, <laughs> man, like. Um, <laughs> It's not my favorite uh, Snoop album. There's a reason I chose it. It was around the same time that um that that this whole uh you know mm-hmm. West Coast East Coast fucking scene was going. I yeah. chose it because it is my least favorite. I did not like it. It was just too much filler for me. That's all. You like this less than the Puffy album? The only redeeming quality oh, about the or do pu- the only or okay. do you mean you're you're yeah? This is my third favorite. This is my third favorite. But the only oh, redeeming yeah, okay. quality. That this album has is that Snoop is he 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 can flow man it sounds good the only redeeming quality that the Puff album had was that everyone else who was on the album made <laughs> yeah. it a great album that's it so so this record has a ton of guest people as well and I think they're awesome but they like add to instead of like being the the focal point of the record they just add to him uh, so a couple things I want to say about Snoop is that I think he's funny and I think he's awesome and he's legitimately a G. So there was times when, um, so he, in a couple of his songs, he says, I was like the originator of gangster rap. I don't, like, I think his first album was from 93. So I know NWA was like late eighties. So I don't know where he was before that. Oh, once, one thing I want to bring up to Jomo was something about Snoop. What the fuck was it? Uh, I got nothing. I don't remember. I might come back to me in a minute. Solid. Awesome. Oh, Oh Yeah. I lost it. <laughs> anyway, did you know, but Jomo, did you know that Snoop likes to hustle and ball? Did you know that? I, I, I it's off of his fucking album, retard. Of course, like what? what yeah, are you, what okay, I know. I was, I was just asking that because he, he Rob, keeps saying, Rob, what do you got? How, what do you think about this album? Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Can I say something else? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Can I, can I, can I finish? Go, go, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm finished. No, no. Song on here, Wolf, which was a single. I fucking love that song. I think it is awesome. There's a song in here before that slow down. Oh, so I didn't realize that Snoop had like baby making music. Uh, but the song slow down is like baby making music. And all three of the people I feel like work really well together. And there's another song on here that's baby making music, uh, which was uh, dogs get lonely too. And I want to believe that Snoop has banged while listening to that song like hang on let me let me put on some music real quick and it's him dogs get lonely too and then like the lights dim and he goes to town i really hope snoop tell me that that happened anyway rob what do you think of this album uh i called it my second favorite um so yeah uh in uh, straight out of compton uh a, an actor playing snoop is is in that um show uh, or in that movie i really i really like that scene um yeah i love Snoop as a person, like I think he's fucking funny. Uh, like when he speaks, I lean in. Like I want to hear what he has to say. Um, I think he like he has style. He has like charisma, and you know, for somebody who is on Rogan and hangs out with Martha Stewart and all this shit, I don't think any of that is sellout shit. I think he is himself uh, wherever he goes. And so to me, he's like genuine and funny, and uh, like I just I fucking love the guy. I think he, you know, so he says that he's the hardest motherfucker and 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 whatever, and, and you know, and there is gangster shit on this album, uh, but like uh, Suge Knight's characterization that uh, Snoop comes into the the studio high, 
I, I believe it. I think that he was a bit more of a party boy, and that's part of why he like lived uh, longer. Is uh, I don't think he was looking for fights as much. Um, I think he was into banging and smoking, and that's part of the reason why he's still alive. Um, fucking... I, so like the music on this album, I I'm gonna call it my second favorite. It's like Snoop World. I love the bass line. Uh, a lot of these songs have too many choruses and are too repetitive, but are okay. Uh, like Gin and Juice, I think that the beat doesn't actually match the vocals. Like they're right. they're I don't yeah and then, yeah. Like, like I was saying that that beat sounds like it's from like an old horror movie. Yeah. Like it's it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, and like "Woof" is a song that like I've actually I actually have heard the, the the lyrics repeated back to me a b- bunch of times, but I've never actually heard the the music before. Um, so yeah, I f- I love Snoop. Uh, I want to listen to Doggy Style because this album was okay. Um, yeah, that's it. The big the, again, the big thing about this record, and it goes with both the things you guys are saying, is that you don't have like these huge, crazy, popular songs. It's just. It's just the regular Snoop songs. I don't know, but I I'm all in it. Like I've listened to this record a lot, and I'm I'm a big fan of it. Uh, Show me love. So okay, so Snoop is a pro, right? I've talked about one of the traps that people fall into. Breaking Benjamin did this. A couple bands we've talked about where they do a nursery rhyme or they do something, and they fall into the trap. Rain, rain, go away. That kind of bullshit. So as I'm listening to the song, I hear Snoop say, "Roses are red, violets are blue," and it's like, okay, Snoop's gonna fall into the trap like everybody else, but he doesn't. That's the end of the thing. Then he goes into something else, and that's why he's a fucking pro because he knows. He mm. says the one piece, it brings everybody in. We've all heard the thing before, and then he goes on his own about it. He doesn't make the whole song fucking built around it he doesn't fall into the trap he fucking moves on he does a great job i give him fucking 15 thumbs up for that uh song on here what you're gonna do um i don't like like the chorus of that song uh but the rest of it uh is like one of my favorite parts of the entire album and it has again one of those melodies that sounds like big papa where it's like the electronic melody going over the beat which i think is awesome last song i'm going to talk about before we get the fuck out of here actually i'm gonna talk about two songs see you when i get there uh, I, I want to say just like when uh, Puffy did it, he has a ton of guest stars on this album and Puffy's are like taking the burden off of him where it's like they are filling the space where it would have been kind of shitty if Puffy did it. This is just adding to it. Every It's just bringing your buddies in and everyone's fucking rapping together. Also, Jumbo, do you know, do you, do you see this here? Wait, where's the thing? Why can I? It's everything's mirrored. This is a picture of me. I don't know if you know that. Anyway, uh, last song I want to talk about here, uh, $20 to my name. So this song is hard as fuck, right? This could be the hardest song in the entire episode. Uh, one of my favorites of the week. I think the song is awesome. And this song should have been a single, but I think specifically at the time, like when this came out, it would never have gone. Like nobody would have released this as a single, but I think it could have been. And I think it's hard as fuck. It's like gangsta as fuck. So, yeah, whether Snoop is or is not the most gangsta of the group, he's been there for a while. Again, he tried to dissolve the whole East Coast, West Coast shit. He didn't give a fuck. Uh, he hangs out with Martha Stewart. The dude's a fucking G. His voice is amazing. You, you can't hate on the guy. He's, a, he's, the, he's the best. Uh, a couple of YouTube comments. This was a good comeback album after the, lo- the lackluster LP. Uh, Jomo, do you know what Snoop Dogg's second album is called? What? No. The Dog Father. Oh, what God. do you think? <laughs> it's hilarious, man. Yeah, it's right. How good that, is that? that? That motherfucker smokes too much weed, bro. If I'm if I'm Snoop Dogg, I'm selling the season cheese, bro. You got doggy style. You got the dog father. I'm rolling with it, dude. He's great. Uh, next one, my favorite song in this album is "Don't Let Go." Back in the day, I bought the Sun CD just for that track. Listen to it, guys. It's straight up gangsta. 
Next one says, Biggest Diss to Death Row is Snoop Rapping. No Limit is the label that pays me. He does say, I don't remember which song he says that in, uh, but I'm going to guess he got fucking screwed over on some payments before. Uh, next one, When I Bought This, Dogs Get Lonely 2 was a different track. And lastly, Snoop's No Limit uh, catalog is classic. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I like Doggy Style as the name of an album in context is genius, is it not? Is it not? Like, if I made a record and called it Doggy Style, it'd be fucking stupid. But Snoop Dogg having one calling it Doggy Style is fucking genius. That's the thing, it's in context. Yeah, is there anything anyone wants to say about any of these albums before we wrap everything up? I do, and the fact that I couldn't sing along, like Rob said, to a lot of these songs, I kind of I was like that dude from fucking Office Space when the the gangster parts come on the song. Yep. He's like, he's quiet yep. around black people. He's like, oh, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, man, Biggie for life. That's all I got to say. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're all great. <clears throat> but yeah, doing? they're legends for a reason. Who are we doing next week? What are we doing? Uh, it's my choice, right? So, Unfortunately. Uh, so I want to do Blink-182 next week. Uh, again, the universe is pushing me into this direction, so I want to do Duke Ranch, Enemy of the State, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, and the self-titled album. And if you have time, they have a live record called The Mark, Tom, and Travis Show, which I just listened to, and it's still amazing. It's It sounds great. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all on the Blink-182 train right now. So Let's do it. All right. Well, we'll you'll, see, you'll see us for that disaster. Uh, I want everyone to take care. Stay safe and uh, try not to smoke weed. No, I'm joking. Smoke all of it. Take care. <laughs>